We live in a world where you can get anything you need delivered to your door thanks to DoorDash. If you don't want to do the dishes or you feel a little sick, let DoorDash bring dinner tonight. My family uses DoorDash all the time because it connects us to our favorite restaurants without us having to drive. Last night, we got some Indian food for my wife, some gumbo for me, and sushi for the kids. And everyone was happy, and we didn't have to do the dishes. The process of ordering was quick and easy, and I love DoorDash for real. So I was so happy to do this for them because I'm a customer, because I know DoorDash is your door to more. Must be over 21 to order alcohol. Alcohol available only in select markets. DoorDash, your door to more. Download the DoorDash app now to get almost anything delivered. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Okay, ready? Think what you know and it's about a time when you get yourself in a wheel. I want to know something she's on. I'll think about everyone you need. I'll hold in it. Things are moving real now. I'll have you seen you wanting you. Hey. It's her ratio. Okay, though. It's a ratio. Okay, though. That might be the best question I've ever been asked. You're a phenomenal person. I mean, you legendary. I am a fan of you, my brother. I spoke to a, an, an ex-mobster, if you could say. An ex-mobster about this because he had daughters and sons. But the daughters, he was like, if I knew... That my daughters knew what I did, I killed myself. It was such shame. I said, do you, do you honestly think she does it now? He was like, I have to believe she does it. And I was like, that's so deep. Like, that is so deep. Well, wait. So you knew these women, the wives, the daughters? I knew the daughters. Okay. What do they think their dads do? And you know from the daughters, the wives. What do the wives think? the dad is doing the husband is doing i can't speak for all of them but from what i understood it was like it just wasn't it wasn't talked about it wasn't asked and if they knew no one spoke about it if family members disappeared no one spoke about it it's so they just pretended that yes and that's there wasn't when an elephant in the there, there's no elephant here there's no elephant here this is just life Jennifer Esposito has been acting for years, and now she's back with her first film, Fresh Kills, where she is the writer, director, producer, and one of the stars. It's an extraordinary independent movie about the family around a mobster. It centers the lives of the women who are the daughters of the mob boss. But Jennifer is extraordinary. She's been an extraordinary actress for a long time. And I find out in the middle of this interview that we actually worked together at the same restaurant many, many, many years ago. It's an extraordinary conversation. I love her. Jennifer Esposito on Torre Show. 
some actors are like empty vessels uh -huh. and you pour in the script and they come alive with the character yeah. and then the movie or the TV show ends and they go back to being sort of like this empty vessel. Mm -hmm. You are like charisma, presence, energy. Is that like teachable? Is that like learnable or I, like that's just natural? I, I, I thank you. And um, it's um, it comes from... I always like to say I am like a a Coke or a soda that you shake and you never went like this. <laughs> you never so, opened it? No. So it's still. So it's like, ah! <laughs> I don't know if anybody will, I don't want to teach anybody this like vibrating. And I've been that way since I was a kid because I feel like I have such creative energy. And then I see therapists would always say to me, you have a blessing and a curse because you see through things and it's 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 almost too much. So I I feel things deeply, I see through things, and then injustice makes me insane. Mm. So it's like, what do you do with that? Mm. What do you do with that? And then you're in a business that is literally telling you to sit down constantly, mm. shut up, be quiet, you're too this, you're too that. Now you're old. Mm. And it's like wait, wait, I didn't, I didn't even, I didn't even arrive yet. Like I didn't even get to exist yet. So this, to me, this script was like, I had to do it or I was not going to die peacefully. <laughs> Seriously. It was like, I finally went like this. Well, Fresh Kills wrote, directed, star, produce. Paid for. <laughs> paid, <laughs> right to paid mortgage for. out on your house yes. to make this happen. Two mortgages? Yes, that was a great conversation with my husband. He's like, honey, I got a great idea. What, yeah. What do you how do you broach that with your husband? He he knew how important this was to me. Of course. Because this has been the dream since 16 to 16, make this film. 16, I had the idea because I was growing up seeing again with the seeing nonsense. Like I like, can I just exist in the world? No. I'm like thinking at 16, I'm like, I wonder why they're so angry, those girls. And I wonder, and I was that why person. I have to understand why, why, why. And then when I got out into the world and into the business and realized that some of that anger that I saw on them was something I understood on a deep level. And I was like, well, my family isn't involved in, in uh, mafia. And I... I I realized it was more about being put in a space that I didn't agree to. Mm. And it was that of being female mm. and the rules that I had to abide by that I didn't agree to and the, the box that I was put in. And then I was, I was ethnic when I started. She's ethnic. Put the, then she's the maid. She's the this. She's that way. She, she can't be the lead. She's the mob wife. She's the mob wife. She's the mistress. And I thought to be a police, right? Detective, right? Yeah, we can do the, that, listen, right? Listen, that was like, uh, yeah, that's the beautiful that, that and fits, a curse, right? Yes, absolutely. But never the lead, mm. never the girl, the front. And I remember hearing she's not all American enough. I was like, wow. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. If an Italian yeah. New Yorker back then is not all American enough, what do you, what do you have to be to be the lead? Reese Witherspoon. Mm. 
God bless. Love. God bless. Like, no, no, no disrespect. It's, it's the industry that chose her that you're talking about, it, not it, her. Exactly. Yeah. I, I had a manager one time look at me and go, you just have to be more like Cameron Diaz. And I was mm. just like, I'm so curious how I can possibly do that. I grew up in Brooklyn. I'm Italian, part Albanian. Like, I don't. I don't even understand that. And again, no shade at all. No, I no. just wasn't. But wasn't you're talking. That. But in the film, yeah, and in your life, yeah. you're saying women are being pushed into a certain role, right? Let's call it a prison of femininity. Femininity have to be sugar and spice and everything nice. You have to like. I grew up again around rough people. That if someone you know was going to try and disrespect me and we know how women can be treated sometimes in this business um sexually or whatever i would be like what's up like no you know i'd speak out and it wasn't in a mean way but you're not supposed to say anything. we don't even have to go that far yeah. with it of you're talking about the sort of let's say demureness that some women perform and Absolutely. i mean you know the the italian new yorkers of my generation, I know, mm -hmm. will tell you in a second, exactly. you know, go fuck yourself. Exactly. And that's, but that's not the Cameron Diaz no. demureness. No. But I'm talking not even on that level, go fuck yourself. It was like, hey, Jennifer, what do you think about the third act? And I was like, oh, you know, I thought if the character did more of this, and then what about this? And there was like, like, that's not the right answer. The right answer is supposed to be wonderful. It's great. Mm. Like, and I just, I didn't understand that they really weren't looking for my opinion. They weren't mm. looking for me to say anything. They were looking for me to show up. And because you're cute, really, you have less than you're not, you're really not supposed to be intelligent. Like, actually, and it still sticks. And I don't blame men completely. A woman came over to me the other night at the premiere and she said, it's not fair. You're beautiful and smart and talented. And it was like, isn't that sad that we're supposed to be this one thing? So she's not really giving you a compliment. Not at all. And she like, doesn't you, understand. She's hurting all of us by saying that but thinking that. Yeah. Because then it makes her think about herself. Well, I'm not that. So therefore there's that like envy. Yeah. And 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 that is something. So so again, it wasn't only in the business; it was being female, and just seeing where we are. Like, look at where we are as women. But now you, right? We just talked about because a big part of this film is a woman, a young woman from Staten Island, mm -hmm. who has dreams of escaping Staten Island. Right? It, it, just having a, a voice. Yeah. Well, just a life. but just anybody who's like, I come from a small town. Right. where barely anybody ever leaves. Right. I don't want to just be a wife, right? At one point right. she says, is it crazy that I don't just want to be a wife? She says, no. I don't want to give away the plot. She yeah. says no to, to this boy that she likes because she's like, I don't want to just be a wife. I want to escape. Right. So anybody from Kansas, from Florida, like Anywhere. you can understand. like, And you went through that. You're going through that personally, right? You talk about like your, your mom, mm -hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Loves you, super proud of the star you've become, and is also resentful of all that. I, I, I think there's a certain look. It was a very different time. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. And I think there is this generation 
of late 40s, 50s that, that you know, their moms didn't have opportunities that we had. Right, right. And if we went for it, which was definitely difficult because you were, I, I was, I was told not even 10 years ago still, like, you should have kids. That's what you need. You need to have kids. Like, that'll be the thing that you're looking for. And I was like, that's not what I'm looking for. It was like, get into this space like where I am. But you're not that happy. So why would I want to do that? And it, it, and there's a lot of pressure on this age that, wait, you went and did it. And if you did, it's kind of like, well, what makes you better than me? Because somehow there's this thing of like, if I did this other thing, then it looks at you as it, it screws up your world. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It screws up your reality. And don't break that bubble for me. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's a, it's a, it's a resentful, but yeah, I'm really proud of you kind of thing. So part, but part of this film comes out of your own personal frustration with your career, right? And it's a passion project, yeah. right? Yeah. And this is the dream film you've been wanting to make for yeah. however long, but also like, my career's not going the way I want it to go, so I need to do something about that. 100. Well, listen, there's also, there's much more. There was, when I was a kid, and Spike, uh, Spike called, Lee. Mr. Spike Lee gave me that opportunity in Summer Sam. I was fresh out of school. That was that soda can shake that I was talking about, and I was like, and I burst into this space. And I got a lot of offers, big offers. And I was a kid doing independent films. And like I said, just came out of school doing plays. Um, that's where I should have stayed as this actor. But I was catapulted to another place. And it was this Hollywood space. And um, I took a job with a very amazing director because I wanted to work with him. And the producer on the movie was a notorious villain. And I was warned, stay clear of this person because he can he makes or break careers. And if I said his name, which I'm not going to, you'd understand. Um, and it's not Weinstein. Um, and him and the director were fighting. Um, and the director pulled me aside before we were ready to shoot and said, Stay by me, because this guy's gunning for you. He's gunning for anybody I pick, and he wants you gone. I said, okay. And I was a kid. I was like, I don't know what that means. So I started about two weeks prior up to the shoot. I was getting phone calls at my home. You do this, or you're destroyed. You do this, or you're going you're gonna to... Be sorry. You're like threats. It's the same Weinstein thing. Not sexual, though. So what is this person asking of you? Anything. Um, I wasn't supposed to work one day. You get here in 10 minutes or you're fired. And I was like, I, I, I. Not on the call sheet. I'm not on the call sheet. Well, we need you for off-camera lines. I was like, like, huh? I, I, re I called my manager on the way. I was like, I don't. She was like, just do whatever he says. Okay, I show up, he sticks me in a closet with a mic, and it was like, it was just a test again. And um, 
just anything. Dye your hair. Don't dye your hair. I was like, my hair is going to fall out because we just did that on Summer on summer Sam. I had to dye my hair blonde. took 13 hours. Like, hair was falling out in clumps. Well, if that happens, you're fired. Like, everything was like, you're fired. You're fired. It was so upsetting. But all the while, he was trying to get this other actress. And oh. when he did, he got rid of me. Okay. Not okay, actually. Yeah, but course. then I booked another one of the biggest jobs that was out at the time. And he went after me and was like, can't hire her. She locked herself in a trailer. She's a drug addict, like never took a drug in my life. And he ended me, ended me. It was, yeah. Why did he follow you to a nut? Like, I could see like, I don't want Jen, I want Jill, whoever. Get rid of Jen, I'll pull in Jill. But, okay, fine. You succeeded at that. Now I'm doing another job that does not include you. Why are you chasing me over here? Because he could. Because that is the the obsession with power in this business, the abuse of power in this business. And it's funny because through the years, and I've told the story, and people would say, why did he do that to you? It's like asking, like, you were raped because you were wearing that. Mm -hmm. It was like, it took me years to process the trauma that happened because like I said, it didn't end there. You know how the things like this are, are wildfire. So when I went to my management, my agents, I was like, what do we do? Like what we have to go at, like, this is not okay. They were like, we know, but we have other clients and he's who he is. So bye. So they dumped you. Mm -hmm. I was done done in the water and I cannot tell you how long it took me to work again how long probably two years to get on my feet and then it was the first job back was my agent had a vouch that I wasn't a drug addict I'd never taken a drug in my life I would tell you I like I smoked pot twice and I was like I was so disoriented I was like never again I just don't like that feeling and um had a vouch that I wasn't a drug addict like locked yourself in the trailer, never happened. Like it was, it was a long time, but I was never able to get in that place. It was like, they love to brand women difficult. We're still doing it. Nasty woman by mm. that asshole. I mean, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, that's mm -hmm. what we do. Mm -hmm. And I had this thing, this scarlet letter on my head. And it was like, to know I, you know, I waited tables, put myself through acting school. I broke my ass to get into where I was. And then this person took it away within words, within a few words, because he was who he was. And that was it. And like the injustice thing, the amount of years and trauma and that, I, that getting around this was a long time, a long time. So this script and this experience was for the 26-year-old kid, the 28-year-old kid who got screwed. And I was like, oh, no, I'm not going down like this. I will not go down like this. So it may have taken me a while to get here, but it was for that kid that deserved much better. Mm. So, mm. yeah, it was, uh, it was a lot. I wonder, so it's not, Fresh Kills is not about you. It, it is and it's not. Right. I always say, look, like I said, my dad is, that's not my dad. Yeah. 
Um, but there are aspects of of things I saw growing up, of people I saw growing up. You knew and mafia I, families. Mafia families. You knew mafia families. Oh, yeah. It was part of the community. Oh, oh. I ran from the girls. Like, I have never seen such violence that I saw growing up. I mean, the guys were one thing. Yeah. But the girls, no. You what do did you not mean? want to mess with them. Oh. They're not in the they're not in the mafia. And that's but they're mafia families. Yes, but that's even more of the problem because here's why. Because the boys are bred to go into business with the dads yeah. and the girls are bred to have children, yeah. make sauce, yeah. and be quiet. Yeah. And these fucking girls were like, and, and and that's what I'm saying. I felt like, and that was my thing when I was a kid. I was like, why do they fucking hate me so much? Why are there so, they're, so you're constantly running so from rage? girls constantly. who are- I grew up. I grew up afraid in my house and outside of my house, constantly, constantly. So my point was in writing this, was like I developed for myself like that anger that I saw in them with the business, but also being female and like why are the rules different for me and realizing that maybe their rage came from because they had no option. They had no choice. But they also have power because if they beat you up, oh, well, right? Who's going to come and t- Mary Jo, who's John Gotti or whoever's daughter. 100%. What, what are you going to do? Your father, your mother, who beat you up? Mary, like, I'm One, not going to go talk to her father. Wh- Call the cops. I'm not going to go talk to her. Like. 100%. Actually, one time, who uh, someone who wasn't that big, um, we got into it, and I protected myself for once, and I was, you know, stood up for myself. And the mother came to my house. And then my father went to speak to the family, and they said, you should stop here. Stop here. And it was like, okay. Oh, like I'm talking fights. I saw fights that you, you I saw should them stop flip. asking us to not have beat up yes. your daughter. Yes. <laughs> I saw a kid in his car in the driver's seat. We always hang out at this beach, and it was like, this gang, that gang, that, and they flipped, not the, the girls and the guys, they flipped the car with the kid in it. Yes, they bounced it, bounced it, ba- until they flipped it. The, I am not exaggerating. They flipped this kid in his own car. I mean, dozens and dozens. I, I, I'm not joking. The stuff I saw growing up was like, and, and I didn't know anything else. So I thought, oh, this is, this is the way it works. This is the world. We live in a world where you can get anything you need delivered to your door thanks to DoorDash. If you don't want to do the dishes or you feel a little sick, let DoorDash bring dinner tonight. My family uses DoorDash all the time because it connects us to our favorite restaurants without us having to drive. Last night, we got some Indian food for my wife, some gumbo for me, and sushi for the kids. And everyone was happy, and we didn't have to do the dishes. The process of ordering was quick and easy, and I love DoorDash for real. So I was so happy to do this for them because I'm a customer, because I know DoorDash is your door to more. Must be over 21 to order alcohol. Alcohol available only in select markets. DoorDash, your door to more. Download the DoorDash app now to get almost anything delivered. 
one of the people who helped inspire me to want to be in broadcasting is Oprah Winfrey. She's an inspiration for so many of us, but her daytime talk show was so incredible. And it told me that you could be black and authentic and real on TV. And that made me want to do it too. Black Stories, Black Truths is NPR's new collection that's a celebration of blackness. Each of NPR's black voices are as direct, varied, distinct, and nuanced as the black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collection, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and how to create world-shifting things out of struggle. Every episode is a living account of what it means to be Black today, told from a unique Black perspective. Black perspectives that haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story, but now they are the story. On NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the Black experience. Hear a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcasts that center Black voices. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices as varied, as nuanced, and as Black as we are. Stories should never be about us without us. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR, wherever you get your podcasts. So, I mean, part of the beauty of your film is that you're talking about the experience of the women and you really shorthand the, what the men are doing because you're in conversation with the thousand other mafia films that we've all seen. That's so right. we, we know what the guys are doing. That's when you right. say the dad killed eight people, yeah. we get it. We right. don't, and you're like, as a filmmaker, you're like, we're not showing that. Exactly. They know that. I want to see his daughter crying about it or something. But there was more, there was more, more behind that. Um, like in the beginning, producers kept saying to me, I think we need to see Joe kill somebody. We need, we need, we need to see it. We need to understand Very it. Dramatic. Dr- dramatic. We got mm, ah, We got to get it. And I was like, there's no way because it's, it wasn't only like we get that. I'm looking at this from Rose's point of view, the daughter. That's dad. Dad. They loved their dad. It's dad. They didn't want to or didn't see him. Like I spoke to an an ex-mobster, if you could say that, an ex-mobster about this because he had daughters and son. But the daughters, he was like, if I knew that my daughters knew what I did, I'd kill myself. There was such shame. I said, do you you honestly think she doesn't know? He was like, I have to believe she doesn't. And I was like, that's so deep. Like, that is so deep. Well, wait. So you knew these women, the wives, the daughters? I knew the daughters. Okay. What do they think their dads do? And you know from the daughters, the wives, what do the wives think? the dad is doing, the husband is doing? I can't speak for all of them, but from what I understood, it was like, it just wasn't, it wasn't talked about, it wasn't asked, and if they knew, no one spoke about it. If family members disappeared, no one spoke about it. So They just pretended that there wasn't an elephant in the corner. There's no elephant here. 
There's no elephant here. This is just life. This and is just the way it works. Dad goes to work in a tracksuit. Yes. And he comes back with a bag yes. full of money. Yes. But nobody. Nope. I mean, like my kids are constantly like, so what do you do? Yeah. What's going on with that right. project? Right. Like, right. My son right. said to me once, our family is very special. And I'm like, we are. Because most families don't have somebody with a successful podcaster. And I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> you made it. What? You made that it. That is not, right? But, you know, they're, they're, they derive part of their identity yeah. from what I do. Well, you just hit it on the head. But, because kids know, listen, you and I both know you can be in a house and not talk about anything. But you know something's up. Yeah. And that's that whole scene in the car of not seeing, but hearing things and feeling afraid. And that was the note to my actresses, constantly afraid. You may not know exactly why, but you're constantly afraid. You're constantly living in this moment of like, I, like when, when they walk in and the house is a mess. First question, like, who, who's dead? Someone dead? Like, first question. So it's that constant fear. And going back to what you asked before, I, again, not being the mafia, but taking things from my own family of, like, not discussing certain things and, you know, just expecting, like, you are going to just follow the cycle of you're going to get married and have kids. My father said to me one time, and again, this is a different generation, so... Yeah. I don't, there's no harbor of any ill will. He said to me one time, I was like, no, I'm going to be an actress. He's like, what, what, well, How old were, did that dream start to be an actor? When I was put in front of the TV constantly and I would watch um, Grease over and over and over. Grease. And then I would watch West Side Story. And it was like, what's this? I got to do this. But it was also escape. Sure. I knew I wanted to escape since I was this big. I don't know why. I don't know why. I was just like, I'm not supposed to be here. I'm supposed to be out there. Um, but going back, so Rose to me was me. But who I had to become a little bit in Staten Island was more Connie. Well, hold on. You have two daughters you focus on. Yeah. And you talk about them being afraid all the time. Yeah. One of them seems straight the younger one connie she's older excuse me rose is calm a viewer and like seems to be questioning like why am i here why are we doing this can i go somewhere else right the older one yep odessa odessa azion she's Violent. Yep. <laughs> she's beating people up. Animal. She's delivering. Yes, and she's feral. She's delivering the punishment. That's she, right. Right, and That's and right. it's and and I don't want to give it away, but it is her idea that launches the final yes. moment. Yep. Yep. I came at it. She is. I mean, there's so many things in there that you see about. She is. So in in love with her father, yeah. but hates him so much yeah. because he doesn't see her. Because if she was a boy. <sighs> She's right there. So anything she can do to become that male see me, she's trying to do. 
But he she, doesn't. No, she's a girl. But so going back, so so again, that different generation, my father said to me when I said, I want to be an actor. He was like, okay. But as a female, make sure to get your stenography and typing skills if you're not married. He said that to you? Of course. It's a cultural thing. Italian, American dad is like. Learn to be a stenographer. And that was good. It wasn't just like, go get married and have kids, which I remember him calling me one time and I'd been living on my own for 10 years. And he was like, I'm not going to rest until you're married and taken care of. <laughs> it's like, have you met me? Have you met me? I don't know where I came from. Seriously, I have no idea where I came from. I had, And I had these ideas, I'm telling you, since I was a kid. The And the whole thing with Sally Jesse, because in the, in the movie, as you know, they watch Sally Jesse Raphael a lot. That and Oprah is where I learned different things about the world. Oh. Truly. It was like, oh, wait, girls can do that? Oh, wait, she's doing this? Oh, wait, she's Because they had a this? basically, I mean, it's a talk show, but it's like a variety show. And like an entirely different sort of person is going to come in each day. Exactly. And talk or argue about the world. This exactly. one is gay at a time when that was bizarre. This one is a baker. Exactly. Interracial relationship, whatever. Exactly. And you're sitting I'm at home learning about the absorbing all of it. So wait, you are an, I love it when actors become directors because that now, right now, this is, this is the onset environment we want. So yeah. how are you directing your people mm -hmm. given that you know how an actor wants to be spoken to? It, I, I can't even, Odessa said to me, this is the most respect I've ever had wow. on a job. And wow. that was like, thank you. That meant the world to me. And all of them have such insane performances, as you saw, yeah. because they felt safe to bring their, their thoughts, try something, but yet stay very tight in what I wrote. I worked with Emily, who plays Rose, um, for two months prior. And we really got into and that you never have that anymore. There's no rehearsal. There's no, it's like show up and it's like, okay, go. So I really wanted them to understand and I wanted to understand how she knew Rose. Because I saw her do it. Of course, I hired her. But I needed to understand where that lived in her. Like what, what is this in you that understands this? That was important to me because I could then push that button and say, what about this? And like, get into that space because I truly believe, look, all of this and what I've always loved to do is just a showing, just showing humanity and showing human yeah. qualities of all of us, bad and good yeah. and ugly and beautiful. So I needed to understand who she was. So I did that with her, I did that with the kids. Odessa was like trying to catch fire. It was like, can we talk before you show up on set? It's like, oh, I'm here, I'm there. Like she was just that person. So I thought, you know what, go with it because she is that animal energy that I need, that I want. So I'm not gonna cap her, I'm not gonna do that. So when she flies in here, I'll just, I'll just pivot her. And that's exactly what we did. And they knew that I got them because I've been an actor and, and they felt safe. So a different, each actor requires a different? Yes. A different touch because yes. of who they are. Like Nick, um, who plays Ali, Nick Cirillo. 
he um the young mobster yeah he had that natural yeah what do you think like that kind of like so good and little things he'd throw in i kept but that there's a very pivotal scene very big scene at the end where he got so in his head he got so in his head and i kept taking him so i said Go run around the block. I need you to jump up and down, dance, sing, scream, do whatever you got to do to get out of your head. Because I see you thinking, stop, stop, like, but thinking not as Nick, thinking as, thinking as Nick, as like, I'm awful, judging himself totally while Don't he was judge doing your character. it. I, exactly. I said, and in the moment, like, what are you doing, dude? What are you doing? And it was that kind of thing that I'd be able to understand because I, I, I get it because I've been it. yourself. That was interesting because I thought it would be so, wouldn't be as difficult. Um, but I have to say. Jen's a difficult actor. She's, she's so, she's so difficult. I can attest to it. She's so difficult. She's in her trailer. She's oh in her trailer. She's drunk. Um, no, but looking over the whole experience, you know, being out here and looking and, and then being in it was strange. That was strange. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you're in a lot of the movie. Uh, yeah, and I was in more, and I cut um, certain things to just make the flow work. But it was, uh, listen, the character is based on someone I know. So it was like in my bones that it was just easier for me to do it. To try and explain this character to, to another actress would have been insane. Because Francine, like I have told you, was your best friend, your worst nightmare all in one second, <laughs> which is lovely. You didn't want to be on The Sopranos? Uh, I mean, listen, of course, uh, now. But when I was a kid, like, we were all supposed to be, like, Julie Roberts. And I was already being told, you're ethnic, you're this, you're uh, that. So I was trying to be like, I remember I did a play with Marissa Tomei very early on, and she... She said, if I can give you one piece of advice, change your last name. Really? And I thought, why? I like my last name. And I got it. So just because that O was at the end of my name and I was New York, I was ethnic, I was not getting access to all the roles. So when they'd call me to audition, I was like, no, no, I can't because I'm going to keep going down this road. And I just... You know, Summer Sam was that same character, yeah. and I was like, I didn't want to be put in that slot. But little did I know, like, they, I wasn't getting out of that slot. I was, I was already they, in that slot. I was in that slot. They had me in the box, and that was it. I mean, a lot of actors change their names. Yeah, I just, I didn't, a little naive. Do you I think that like, would have made a difference? Who I am? Still comes probably through. Probably not. Yeah, it still comes through. It still comes through. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I was never going to be Cameron Diaz. I tried, though. I really tried. I gave it an effort. I made my hair really light. I would show up like, yes, thank you so much. Oh, my God. Your work is amazing. It's, it's like, oh, Jesus, kill me. It was like, it was. This is exhausting. It, it's exa exhausting. Being nice is exhausting. Not nice. It was like, it was. I remember I did a movie, a, a movie with a very big, like, sweetheart. And I saw what she did on set, and I was like, I'm in trouble because I can't do that. It was like, hi, to the producers, and like, oh, like, I'm so cute, like that kind of thing. And I felt so bad for her because she was a teen 
actor and came and she was, she was, I just felt so bad for her. She was just so thrown around and the way they were sexualizing her and mm. it just felt so bad for her. And I was like, and then they come talk to me. How are you doing? I was like, I'm all right. <laughs> okay, I'm all right. So, what right. do you want? So even like the tone of the voice is like, I'm not like a nice, sweet little kid, but like, this is different. This is scary. But even things like I was doing a film and we would start at like, I don't know, five in the morning. I'm just not a morning person. I'd come in, make up, go back in my trailer, get a call from my manager one day. Are you happy on set? I was like, what do you mean? Producers called, like, you're not really talking to anyone in the morning. Like, no, no, I'm not joking. You know, women in this business. Is that part of the job? Uh, yes. Know, I know the lines. That, I'll be no, on set when you no. tell me. Like, That's what I thought. Show up, do your work, go home. No. Why do you sit in your trailer at lunch? Why don't you talk to anybody? Like, but that's part oh, of the oh, expectation. Oh, as a girl, yes, 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 yes. There's a whole other thing that you have to be. Otherwise, it's like, oh, you have an attitude, or are you not happy here? It was like it's five in the morning. It's just five in the morning. That's all. It's not that deep. Yeah. And you know, I guess. My, I don't have resting bitch face. I don't think I do. You do not. I don't think so. But it was like, why is she smiling? And then I was like, hi, everyone. Why isn't she smiling? Smile. This is, but this is my point. As girls were told, smile. 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 Hug your uncle. Like, like I don't want to. Oh, I don't no. want to. No, and no. that's what the movie, well, a, in essence, is about. That's a big difference for us. When we were little, as Gen Xers, Hug your. I remember. Oh, totally. I remember once I had to sleep in the bed we with my uncle because mm-hmm. um, we were at my grandmother's house and like everybody was there. And there's only so many bedrooms and like you know. Mm-hmm. I'm like, but I don't want to sleep in the bed with him. Right. I was like, shut up. Exactly. You know. Now we would like uh, respect that. Totally. You know, you don't have to hug. You don't have to kiss. We didn't have an option. Give your option. uncle a, a hug. Give him a My kiss. My parents went as far as saying children should be seen and, and not, not heard. heard. It was like, and not what heard. is that? That's what I was raised. Like, that's what I was raised around. And then you get the stenography and typing skills. It was like, where was I supposed to be we at this point? We were a burden. 100%. have us? Right? This is it, for, but that's it. You know Why? What I heard about? The things that we could have bought if we didn't have you. Oh, my right? God. Right? Right? Are you kidding? <laughs> and, oh, my mother would say, um, I uh, took you into this world. I can bring you out of this world. Like, shit like that. You're like, what? What so is wait, that? You said, you said you were afraid in the house. You got hit. You got spanked. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And you were afraid. Oh, yeah. With a hand or with a belt? With a hand. And, and then both, word. Both word. your parents? Mother. Your mother hit you. A lot? No, no, but like, you know, but it's, it's, it's normal, right? Yeah. And more so the, that, the tippy toeing, like, hey, what mood are we in today? How? It was just like trying to, oh, so it was that in the house, then outside the house, you're constantly like, who's coming for me today? I mean, I had someone literally say, do you know who my father is? He'll kill you and your whole family and your fat dog that sits on the lawn. I was like, oh, get the dog inside. Take the dog inside. But this like, is somebody who really could do that. Yes. 
Yes. Where do you go from there? Exactly. I'm scared out of my mind. There you go. There you go. Fat Joey just said he's going to kill all of us. Exactly. And then you leave at 18 and you go and you live in the East Village back in the day when it was Alphabet City. Mm -hmm. And you're waiting tables and you're living in a a shoebox with another girl. And you're free. And you think, yes, I got out. And then you start to realize like, oh, wait. Where'd you wait tables? The coffee shop. Yes, I went to the coffee shop. Were you there? Probably not at the same time. I was there in 92. I worked there in 92. Did we work together? Wait a minute. Were you there in 92? Maxwell. Yes. Maxwell was on the dinner shift. I always said to myself, this guy looks familiar to me. remember Pony? All of it. Michelle? Michelle. Yes. um, Remember Paris? Paris. Oh my God! Paris. Oh my God! And Tyson, we were there at the same time. We were there at the same oh time. And Tyson God. was at the door. Yes, yes, yes. We were I there was at the a same runner time. on the overnight shift. I we were, were probably crossing because I started the uh, the overnight. I was starting in the overnight, and then I trained Maxwell. You did. I trained Maxwell, and he used to sing in my ear all oh my the time. Oh my God. And I'd be like, Max. He was the was same Max. person, right? Because nobody knew if he was straight or gay. No one knew. Nobody knew anything no outside one knew the rest anything of But about everybody him. liked him. Everyone liked him. He's He's got that spirit. And he would sing in my ear. He gave me a tape of music. Yeah. I wish I still had it. Yeah. Because I would listen to it all the time. I'd be like, Max, you got to do something with this music. So I well, take total responsibility me, for his oh, career. Oh, no, oh, no, no, no. <laughs> I take responsibility no. for his career. Let me tell you. Da, we, you. There was a party. He was like, let's go to this party. Great. Like, come by my apartment first. We go by his apartment, right? Like, you know, like a teeny weeny little te- thing. Yep. But there's like a rack of musical equipment. He plays me some music. I told my friend who was working at BMI, right? Yo, you gotta check out, you gotta check out this guy, Maxwell. And I and oh other people God. had said that. And he was like, okay, if you said it, I'll go to the showcase. He got signed to a songwriting deal first. Oh my and God. And that read led to the record deal. Wait, were so you were you you so it is you. So- well, I like to get I give him some confidence. I'm I'm definitely gonna take that. Because he used to hang out with do you remember Shakai? Because I yes, lived with Shakai. Yes, yes, I, yes the, with the brains. brains. I loved her. I, li- I oh lived with Shakai. Massive crush on her. Yeah, she was, she was gorgeous. Adorable. And oh do you remember God. Vanessa, I think it was? No. Mulatto girl, stunning. No. That group was just amazing. <laughs> I loved that. I loved that because we would all go out after. Yes. Like we had the best time. But so he would always be in my apartment because he was hanging with Shakai. And he'd sing, and oh my God, to this day when we see each other, we jump around like idiots. Oh my God. Um, it was like, because I was like, I'm gonna be an actor. And he's like, I'm gonna be a singer. Yeah. Like, yeah. No, everybody in there had a dream. Everyone in there had a dream. Yes. Tay Diggs was there. Yes. I'm Andre. Be a model. Andre Royal. I didn't know Andre. Oh, he was there. Then. Tyson was at the door. I mean, it was crazy. No, it was, it was this amazing. Yeah. It was supposed to be a restaurant, but it was kind of a nightclub vibe, and it was 24 hours. 24 hours. So if you went, if you were going out, you went there before or after. That's right. The food was whatever. The food was whatever, but the banana cream pies, you remember the banana cream? I would be like, okay, this is reason enough to work here. It was just, it was 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 so sick. At that time, we call what we now say transsexual, we said cross-dressers. Yeah. And yeah. there was this gorgeous Paris, Paris who had been on Donahue, gorgeous. tall, yeah. gorgeous. gorgeous. And every night, gorgeous. some right. table would call me over. We have a bet. Is that a man or a woman? Oh, me too. Every night. 
Me too, always. And the way she she would like walk down like it was oh. a runway, oh. all through the tables. Oh, what? gorgeous! Honestly, I should write something about that because oh that, that was that was amazing. Was a whole was a whole thing. thing. Was a whole thing. Oh my god! And I remember, I remember so awful. I remember when. It was like Tuesdays was like open call. Uh-huh, you remember uh-huh, and like uh-huh, for uh-huh. new wait staff. Yep, yep. And you had and to come with a headshot. You had to come with a headshot. <laughs> and they put me over there and they're like, let us know if it's worth any any coming to see anyone. I was like, how can I do this? This is horrible. And remember how we how we had to seat people? Oh, remind me. I was a runner. I never sat anybody. The very handsome people up front. Everyone else was in, in the, the ba- back. Oh. Miserable, oh. miserable. But it was so much fun. It was like a dream for fun. me because my acting school was across the park. Okay. I was at Lee Strasberg. And it's crazy now because now, oh my God, I have a flash of you. I I can't you always look familiar to me. And now I understand why. I have a flash of you literally standing there, us folding napkin. I uh, totally sure. Sure. That's crazy. <laughs> I wonder how this sounds to people who are like, we just realized we worked at the same place at the same time That's like 30 crazy. years ago. But it, you know, everybody was going in and out. Like, sure. like you said, everybody had a dream. Sure. That's crazy. Oh my God. Do you see Maxwell at all? Uh, he was on this show. Yeah. That was years ago. Yeah. But I mean, you know, every once in a blue yeah. moon. Yeah. I mean, he doesn't forget. No, that, he doesn't. Like, you know, he knew no, he us doesn't. when, we, you know, when we were no. all starting out. No. I seriously, when I see him, he, like we, it's. Like Aww. a, yeah, Aww. yeah, he's great. <laughs> so crazy. What does eating healthy mean to you? Whatever your eating goals, Thrive Market is the best place to get all your groceries and household essentials. And getting Thrive shipped to your door is like having a great supermarket right outside your house. I love that Thrive Market carries brands with the highest quality ingredients and ethical sourcing methods. Whether you're looking for organic kid snacks or low sugar alternatives or gluten-free essentials, Thrive Market's got it and their site lets you curate your shopping experience quickly. And as a Thrive member, I save on every order, usually about 30%, which of course I love. And when you join, you help a family in need with the membership matching program. Join in on the savings with Thrive Market today and get 30% off your first order plus a $60 gift for free. Go to thrivemarket.com slash for 30% off your first order plus that free $60 gift. That's Thrive, T-H-R-I-V-E Market dot com slash Toray. Thrivemarket.com slash Toray. On March 16th, 2000, two sheriff's deputies were shot in Atlanta. Jamil Alamine, a Muslim leader and former black power activist, was convicted. But the evidence was shaky, and the whole truth didn't come out during the trial. My name is Mosi Secret, and when I started investigating this case in my hometown, I uncovered a dark truth about America. From Tinderfoot TV, Campside Media, and iHeart Podcasts, Radical is available now. Listen to the new podcast, Radical, for free on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. So do you consider your childhood to be traumatic? Yes. Those don't, don't we all? Yeah. I mean, listen, it was, again, blame nobody. Um, but yeah, it was, it was definitely, I was afraid all the time, all the time, and really afraid. Yeah. I mean- I had panic attacks when I was started at 12, 13. I used to have panic attacks. And I, 
one of one of the pieces in the film is taken from real life. We drove up to uh, they would drop me off at like a not a school dance, but it was like at a, someone's sweet sixteen. Okay. Or someone it was, and I was still younger. I was probably fifteen or fourteen. But they would drop me off at a. It was a club, but it was like some kind of birthday or party. And I knew that these girls were going to be there. And I had such a panic attack. And my mother was like, you don't let anybody stop you. Here, take a piece of my tranquilizer. (laughs) She was doing her best, doing her best. And it was like, then it was like, this makes sense. Now it's like, meh. Maybe not so good. You need a tranquilizer when I'm about to go have a fight, maybe. Exactly. And she's like, don't let anybody push you around. You just punch them right back. I was like, okay, and then we'll all be killed. Did they, did they, I don't, did they ever, like, catch a beach up? Like, real? One time they cornered me in uh, where I was working. And um, and they came up and they were like, we're going to kill you. We're like, you know, now you're really dead. I was like, I don't know what, you know, for what reason today. But, um my boss came out and got rid of them. But then like 20 minutes later, she sent me out for her lunch and they were still down there. And it was like, you know, the girl came over, poured the soda on my head, pushed me into these phones and, and yeah, yeah. We got into it and it was, yeah. But I mean, there's a scene in this where the girls come home and they are wrecked, wrecked. Mm -hmm. Like they just got flattened by a football team. Mm -hmm. It's, Eyes are half closed and lips and are half, half broken open. And did that ever happen to you? That never happened. No, I was quick runner. <laughs> I was like, I'm out. Uh, but you had to act the like part. That's what I mean. Like I was Rose, but had to become, you know, because when you're being hunted, you felt like you were hunted. But again, it wasn't only them. It was like my house. My like, it was just. You know, the constant fear, constant fear. So, but I've seen that. I've seen those fights yeah. where the girl's face is just like busted open. Yeah. So you teach acting. Yeah. So tell us if there's actors listening, mm. what, not beginning actors, mm-hmm. but people who are in the middle of their journey, but still have a lot to learn. Mm-hmm. What do you want people to know and think and develop in the craft? What would you, what do you, what do you want to teach somebody Who's good but could be great? To really not listen to anything around them because I think we all have the ability to be great, but we're told so many different things in the world, but we're also told so many different things in the business about who we are, what we are, and to really be okay to be ugly and different and wrong and embrace whatever that is. Cause I ran from who authentically I was for so long because I, I was told I had to show up. I'm all American. Really? I am the way you tell me all Americans should look. So I lighten my hair. I show up, try to speak really properly. And I was negating what authentically was me, which was my strength. And I lessened that strength because it was intimidating and it didn't fit the mold. So by getting back into it and going, this is fucking me. I don't know if you like it or not, but this is what I'm bringing to the table. No one can top that. 
if you're being authentically who you are and bring in you and then speak through the character, whatever it is, with something that is authentically you, how can someone coming in after you do that? They can't because they're not you. Well, wait, help me understand what you're saying because the way I see it as an audience member who's never acted, Mm-hmm. There seems to be two kinds of actors. There's chameleons mm-hmm. who are completely different every time and mm-hmm. they can just become mm-hmm. whoever. Mm-hmm. And then there's people who kind of play themselves over and over. But mm-hmm. it's compelling. Right. And I would watch Sean Penn right. do Sean Penn 100%. or Denzel do Denzel over and over. Right. Right. But it's not a big change right. from role to role most of the time. Right. But what, I'm, what, what are you I'm saying, saying within what that? I, what I'm saying is it's not about – not having to change your outward, like because if someone saw this and then someone saw me do like say what I was doing recently was Aquafina Nora from Queens, it's like yeah. this big stupid comedy of like yeah. I play this like ah like there's always something in the character that you connect with or you wouldn't be doing it. You have to find what it is about that character that hits within you. What is it in you? that connects with that character and bring that in authentically. But trying to be something else, you see right through it. And that's what I really noticed with, you know, the um, audition process. Like I was being brought some really great actresses and they were doing the scene, but it wasn't going past here. It wasn't sinking in. It wasn't like, it It wasn't wasn't connecting. It wasn't wasn't, connecting with you as a viewer. No, it wasn't connecting with themselves. It wasn't dropping in. It was like, I'm mad. Now I'm mad. It was like, that's, how do when are you mad? Do you let yourself be mad? Like, where does that live? So that was the thing with Emily. I needed someone who could really access what Rose was feeling. Because as you know, she doesn't talk that much. So I needed someone to really be able to drop in authentically to her own personal stuff to create what I needed for Rose. And I think if you were to speak to any actor, even the ones that that are that we don't see, there's still something that connects to the character in a very real and authentic way. You have to. You have to. What do they do about some of the casting things that you talked about and like, I want to have a varied career. I want to have a career yeah, and not just keep playing the same person over and over. How do you, how do we do, how do you navigate that? Cause that's more than, that doesn't have anything to do with scene study. That right? has nothing to do with scene study. That has to do with the business as a, as a whole, which like it's changing. It's not changing. Yeah. It's, is it changing 1% maybe? I, but, you know, still, this is why I started writing because I was so, so beyond over what I was seeing for women, not only myself, but like the stereotype of this woman and then that woman and then, you know, um, un, underwritten roles. Yeah. And I was just like, how much can I complain? And And protest and like get on the lines and like join the be in these groups and time's up and all the yeah, change do something about it do something about it no one cares what you have to it say is, it is 
I don't want to say jarring, but you notice it. Most of the time when you see women on screen, they're one-dimensional. That's not about the actors. That's about what the male writers and directors are giving them and the rule. They are generally there to support the males. That's why we have the Bechdel test, 100%. right? 100%. Because most of the time the women are talking about men, supporting yep. men. Yep. They're to either be their wife, their girlfriend, their yep. mother, yep. what the one who got away, whatever. Mm-hmm. This film, the women are complex and full. They are not talking about men. I mean, they're talking about their father, but they're really talking a lot about themselves. 100%. And where am I going? What am I doing? And, and, and I don't want to fall into the traditional role that society says I should that's as a right. woman. That's right. And and that's what was important to me. And that's why any time someone would come and say— you know, I think Joe should be, and it's like, and it, it drove me nuts because I guess Tribeca does this with, with everyone. They watch and then they write a, a tagline or whatever. Yeah. And um, I was like, why Why would they do that? Because since I created the film, I and it, it was something like when Joe goes to prison, when the patriarch of the family goes to prison these women have to survive and know what to do and i was like you just literally took the knees yeah. by yeah, by you my film you him. just it's not about he, him it's it was it's not about him. him and you made them victims again yeah. they're not victims yeah. they are not victims i was in the making of it like that's a whole other podcast we can do in the making of it i was i was offered 5 million dollars for what to make the movie, but Joe had to be a big male lead, like a big, big name. I I thought about Dominic from day one, but literally, if I can get like Ethan Hawke, and then he would have got the Italian. No, didn't matter. But that's how they sell the movie because a women women's film doesn't doesn't bring box office. They say I was told this, and it was like then that actor would have gotten all the money. And my girls would have been paid scale and they're pulling the weight of the film. And I was like, how do I do this? How do I do this? And you're reading the film. It's about the women. Right. And you're still, and it wasn't like for Ethan, you get five million and for your girls, you get two. For Ethan, you get five. For the girls, you get zero. And I was like, I'm blown away. I'm blown away. Really? Yeah. And, I mean, that sort of compromise, you're dying to make this film. And there are other people, no shade to them, who said, you know what? In order to make this film, i got to make this compromise. So right. I'll give you some. Right. And then I'll take whatever I right. can. Right. And they did what they felt they had to do. Right. Listen, Ethan's an, a brilliant actor. No, it's not about Ethan. It, it's it, it's not. Yeah. But what I'm saying is, like, if he came along, hey, I want to do this, of course you'd, like, oh, let's think about this. But is he right? No. 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 Not even close. No. So I went down the road of, like, who's right in that category? And I went to one or two of them, and agents didn't even read it. They didn't even read it. Because, because again, because— it's a first-time director because it's a female director. First-time female director. Let's count all on that. Let's make a list. First-time female director, and it's me, who they thought that they knew and had pegged. It was like, 
I, when I finally got people to actually read the script, literally nine out of 10 times, oh, Jennifer Esposito wrote this? It's like, don't seem so shocked. It was like, I got it. Like it was, it was like, okay. Again, it's about the boxes that were put in and labels. Like, and especially you're over a certain age, you're supposed to be dead. You're supposed to be gone. But they, right, I mean, like there's, there's the, we talking about the creative artist's desire to just talk about the world. Mm-hmm. But there's also a notion of branding, mm-hmm. right? And like, you know, like I do a lot of content about black people. Mm-hmm. I do feel like, well, sometimes I want to break out of that. Mm-hmm. But if I stay in this lane, I am sure, you know, like I go to McDonald's for French fries. Mm-hmm. You know, they, mm-hmm. they come up with the creme brulee. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, right. right? <laughs> and, and, you know, I mean, like, you know, from you or whoever, it's like, this is, you know, I, I get the lane, mm-hmm. right? And But you're like, I don't want to live in the lane. Mm-mm. But there's also a branding thing that does work. Who, who was the sister who was Artie's wife who was at the screening? Oh, uh, Catherine Narducci. Yes. Yes. Catherine Narducci, who's a great actor. Great actress. And she's done a lot in this she has. Italian-American canon that we've seen over That's the last right. 40, 50 years. That's right. Right. So when I see her, I'm like, I, I get the vibe. Yeah. I'm, I'm I'm in New Jersey right. or wherever. Right. Right. So so there's. Right? I've spoken about it with her though. She'd love to do other things, mm. and she should because she's a great actress. But she's boom. Why is that? Why can't Catherine be the lead of something? All American. She's born and raised here. It's again our perception of keeping status quo. It's amazing to me that. I, I mean, I say, I guess I see it. Italians are not, Italian Americans are not all American. Because, right, as a black person, I'm like, oh, I know. You guys are way closer to it than we are. 100%. But back in the day, oh, but I'll tell you now, I'm not ethnic enough because there are actual check, check boxes of like, okay, so when I was getting into all of this and I was trying to figure out money, there are a lot of kickbacks that you can get for using um, minorities, mm-hmm. women, mm-hmm. first minority, mm-hmm. just women. Mm-hmm. Now that's insane. Mm-hmm. We're half of the population and we're counted as a minority. But you're, getting, but you're screwed in the industry. So, so you're a minority Scro- in the industry. I, I, exactly. Yeah. So my my point now, that, that then it's uh, Latin. You'll get a kickback. So now I don't check Latin box. Okay. So it's like, oh, so now I'm I'm considered not ethnic, ethnic. But whereas in the beginning I was considered ethnic. So like Catherine and I, we, we'll talk about it. Like we're not going up for the the lead role again because it's still Reese Witherspoon. Mm. And we're not being cast as the other because we're not checking the box. So it's it's literally become so beyond ridiculous that it was ridiculous back then. It's still ridiculous. It's like, why don't you just see who 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 actually works for the role? Like what about what about that? But it's it's listen, we can look at Asian Americans. They've they've never had their op- sure. their opportunity. Sure. And I'm looking what Aquafina just did when the show I was on and the opportunity she gave, it's time. It's absolutely time. So I get it. But what I would say to every every artist who's feeling this way, your voice is needed. Write it. You write Do it. it. Yeah. Yeah, because it's the only way it's gonna get done. Yeah. It really is. It really is. Like when Catherine said that the other night, it was 
so wonderful to hear. She wrote me and she's like, you know, I have a story. Like, I want to do it. Do it. I say that to any artist out there who's feeling frustrated. But people can do it for themselves. It's not easy. No. Not even close. But it's the most rewarding thing you'll ever do because someone's not in charge of your life. And that's what it felt like to me. Someone was in charge of my life telling me you you can't do this. So you're you're this, you're not that. It's like I'm I'm everything. And I'm nothing. Like I want, I want to do what I know I'm capable of. I want to open the soda can finally. I want to, please let me. And it was like, you know, you can't ask the agent anymore or the, or the manager or the like, you can't complain. Like I got tired of hearing myself. Like I get, you know, the world is not fair. I know it's not. It's not fair for you. It's not fair for a whole bunch of other people. You, and then you get, you should just be grateful. As women, uh, we get that a lot. Uh, you should just be grateful where you are. And it's like, then you feel awful. It's like, oh, I should be grateful. So many people have it so much worse. I've worked a lot. Oh, I feel grateful now. I feel like an awful person. It's like, why am I not allowed to sit at the table and eat the meal? I have to get the pee. And oh, thank you very much for the pee. I don't, I don't want the pee. I want the whole meal. I'm capable of it. But honestly, that's why I had to put the money in, going back to that, because it was like I was asking all these people to believe in me. And it was like, why should they? God, this is where we started, I think. Did you, so wait, when you go to your husband <laughs> and you say, because I don't think you answered the question. I think we went over the, <laughs> Probably not. Did, went and said, hey, honey, yeah. um, I want to mortgage the house so I can make this film. Yeah. Don't tell me he immediately said, sure, honey, let's do it. Well, here's the, th here's the thing. I, I had made some money in this business, um, and I, I put the majority of the funds to the house. So it was a paid-off experience, and it was like, ah, easy, because I didn't want to have to do things I didn't like anymore, and that's why I did that. But it got to the point, it was like, I know you don't want to do things you don't like anymore and not have a bill over your head. However, it was like, I'm asking all these people to believe in me and bet on me. If I don't bet on me, why the hell should anybody else? I get it. You don't know me as that. I get it. No harm. Blame anybody. So I bet on me. And, you know, when I went to him and said, listen, I put this here so I didn't have to go and do, but... I think I have to take it. And, you know, what is he going to say? He was just like, yeah, I, su I support you. I, I, I support you. But, but you have to understand, this was like writing for 15-hour days, like, and like, can't talk. I like sit in the same chair. For like he saw the work that was pouring into this year after year, and he saw what I was dealing with. He saw, we'll give you $5 million, and me being so excited, and then, but you need the certain guy because the women don't mean anything. And like, phew, break me because I'm, again, I think I live in an equal world. It's like, get over this. It's not. End of story. Stop believing that it could be. It's not. It's like, okay, right. Okay. Then the next thing would come and I can't even tell you how many times that, that happened where it was like, okay, great. Boom, boom. It was constant. And I was just like, I have to save myself. Yeah. It was like, I, I have to do this. Like, I, I don't, I don't know how to end this process now.
And then, like I said, this could be a whole other thing. Then the one thing I would warn any artist, any filmmaker getting into this and, and saying, I'm going to go out and do this. They know how much we want to do our projects, the world, the people out there. So you become a really big target for a predator situation as far as producers who may not know what they're doing. And I ran into that with my first, yeah, it was very, 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 very difficult. And it was like, oh, this person doesn't know what he's doing. And I just put my dreams and my life into their hands, my home, my husband's home. Like, you have to know who you're getting involved with. It was, it was a lot. It was a lot. It was this whole year of like cleaning someone's mess. And thankfully, um, my producer, Les Leslie Owen, who came in and like literally saved me, literally saved me. Her and I, every single day, and her partner, Samantha, every single day. Of like, okay, how are we going to tackle this? How are we going to tackle this? How are we going to tackle this? Because talk about that soda can being shook. It was like shook, rolled, and like thrown off a bridge at this point because now I saw what I was capable of, what I always knew. I, I knew I could do it, and I saw it. I'm watching it, looking at my edit going, but I can't get it to the finish line because of X, Y, Z, like the whole alphabet list of problems that I was dealing with because of this person. So... It was really, it was a hard year, but a learning year, but a learning year. Want to make another one? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. As hard well, as it was, yeah. I want to do it again. I want to do it. Well, here's the thing, because now I, I wanted to go to NYU. I wanted to go to NYU, go to film school. Let's be clear. I wanted to go, but me waiting tables at coffee shop was not getting me there. Like I can barely afford going to Lee Stroudsburg. Right. So that was the, and I didn't have, again, you don't see it. You can't be it. Who did I know females making films? I didn't know anybody back then. I didn't see it around me. It felt like it was for men. and But I did want to study all aspects of film, and it just went away from me. And then through my, my career, people would tell me, you know, you think as a director. I remember seeing Moonlight. I was at the screening of Moonlight, and I was so fucking crazy about that film. Yeah. And I walked over to Barry Jenkins and I was like, I, I just, I, I was like, I didn't know what to say, but I was like, the fact that he didn't explain when Mahershala's character died, mm. I was like, right there. This placating to audiences that I've had to do as an actor, like, you're dying, but wait, no. And like this nonsense, like mm. it's a studio note because we got to dumb it down. It's like, no. And he just left it because that's what that culture had there when they'd gone the next, moving on. And I was like, and I talked to him about it. He's like, are you a director? And I swear, he don't know what he did for me that day. Just asking the question validated you. Yes. Because he said, you think like a director. You sound like a director. He was like, you directing? Because that, why would you pick up? And then, and then how he, he didn't press you to feel anything. 
And again, that's, that's another thing that I took. I studied that movie from front, front cover to back. Like if, if you take his script and you see how I have three different time periods. If you take his script and you take mine, exactly like the inciting incident, and I would pick out like, okay, that that's where that is. That's where mine is. Same page. Like lit- literally, because I was so blown away by that movie. And I, I researched what camera he used. I researched his shots. I researched every single thing because I just thought it was one of the most exquisite pieces of film I've seen in a long time. And those few words, like you never know what you do to f- do for someone. And him by just seeing that I knew what I was talking about from him, I was like, hmm, maybe, maybe I do, maybe I can do this. And the other person was an exec, female exec at um, a very big streaming network. And I, I had gone to her with the pitch and with my script, and she sat with me and she said, this is the best pitch I've had in years, and I love this project, but I cannot give you the money because you're a first-time female writer-director, and we're still there. But I said, but I have a male director that wants to do it. And she said to me, she looked at me and she said, absolutely not. She said, Jennifer, it's going to be tricky and it's going to be difficult, but you are directing this. You do not get a male to do this. You are directing this. I believe in you. You can do this. You go make it, and when you're done, you call me. And if you need, when you get any investor, tell them to call me, and I'll tell them how much I believe in you. And she did it. And from that moment on, I was like, this is mine. I'm directing it. Because I had two male directors, two males wanted to direct the film. And I would have had a much easier road. Again, the compromises that the world, the industry asked you to make. You said, no, I'm going to make it my way. I didn't have a choice. I, di- I really didn't have a choice. Because I-, I was ready. I was ready. I was giving it to this guy. He kind of got it. And... He did get it, He, but exactly, exactly. And I remember speaking to him in some of the notes he was saying, and I was just like, oh, I was like, uh, mm. yeah, yeah. So, so I always say, you never know what you're leaving with someone. It could be one word that changes something in someone's brain. Barry Jenkins has no, probably doesn't even remember speaking to me. Maybe sure. not even know me. Sure. But he, it was... Powerful for me. And he was in a room full of like people coming and he stopped and it hit him. He was like, that's interesting that you picked that up. And it wasn't only that moment. It was something else I was talking about, about what he was doing with the camera. And so I was really, really specific to not push emotion on you in this film. Mm. So I don't, there's a scene towards the end that, it happens and we leave. The end. And I and I don't explain it, don't touch it. There's no I'm not gonna make a big deal about it because where I grew up, I never forget. It was like, oh, we we're all riding bikes. I had to be What are they gonna say in the neighborhood 14? about your about this? They're gonna be angry, they're gonna be embarrassed, they're gonna be proud. 
Interesting. Interesting that you say that because um, I've had a lot of people. I had I, I shot on Staten Island. I wanted to. I needed to, but I also wanted to bring the community money and yeah, and you yeah. and and because I'm talking about you, we should be there. But it's also there's an energy there that is very specific. So my locations from there and. They're, they were actually extremely proud. Like the location girl came over to me and she's like, you get it. That's during the film. You get it. Now they can see it. Now she said it. Now, now they she get said it. it. Okay. She said it now. And someone else uh, said to me, this is the first time that we're looked at as a family. Okay. I'm, I'm not making Joe a villain. And then I had right. an actual girl that I knew from back then who family and she actually said she said it to me the other night and it was one of the biggest compliments and she was like you nailed it that's how we grew up and I was like okay yeah it was deep it was like wow and to hear from her was like and she you know tried to get out because it was I'm telling you it was a very it was an incredible community of loyalty and family and that old-fashioned value, go to church, but then everybody was beating each other up. So again, my why brain is like, this doesn't make sense. This doesn't make sense. Anyone see that this doesn't make sense? It was that that thing again. That I don't know if it's a good thing or bad thing with me. It's like, just shut up and stay, stay low. Yeah. But I was like, anyone see how ridiculously hypocritical this all is? But, you know, there is a thing there of like, getting out because you're not supposed to. Like, why you want to leave? Like, someone said to me the other night who was still there with anger. I like it there. I was like, I, like I, I didn't say, I didn't say anything, but it was, it's this like, I think it's great. Okay. Exactly. I, I was like, and I felt myself like, well, my mother still lives there. My mother, she's. Okay. But it's because you know, if you do better, what are you saying about me? I'm not, it's like, I'm not saying anything about you. This is my experience. This is my experience. I'm not saying anything about you, but it's just like, I'm telling you, when I was telling the girls, like, about this world, I said, like, you have to understand, this is like, and still like this, like, there's an energy of like, it's, it's a hard energy. Like, don't look too long. I never forget. I was driving with a, an ex of mine. They wanted to understand like where I was from. And this person was from like Philly. Like it wasn't, you know, from Nebraska. And I was like, let's, let's go. Okay. And we, we were driving and there was like some, some boys in the car next to us and the music was loud and we happened to look over and they were like, what the fuck? What like in at? two seconds on lo at? locations, locations. I'm early before we had location people. Me and one of my producers, Christine, were driving through. Just I like looking you said at, you're with your yeah that that time. Another time, I'm with uh, this girl, Christine, who's one of my producers, and we're just driving through neighborhoods and we're taking like pictures from the car. And she's like, "I got to take a picture of this house." I said, "I don't think you should do that." She was like, "Come on." I said, "I don't think you should do that." She got out, took a picture of the house. Within minutes, someone came out. You have a problem? Why are you taking a picture of that house? That's my neighbor's house. Who are you? Like, 
again, good because community, but it's a very, like, it's a very tricky place. Um, I, I took a photograph from a car in New Orleans. Boys on the corner. They look kind of cool. I'm thinking it's Artie. Yeah. With my phone. Yeah. What are you doing? Yeah. What are you doing? Yeah. What, what, what the fuck are you doing? Like, exactly. Like, yo, I, I'm. Nothing. I, what, nothing. what am I supposed to say? Art? Yeah. No. <laughs> are you fucking <laughs> kidding? That didn't work. No. Are you fucking kidding? No, that won't work. No. Yeah. Yeah. I. Like, let's go. Yeah, exactly. She got light, in the car and go. she was just like, you're not joking. I said, I'm not joking. They're, they're not playing. They're not playing. It, it was. It, and, that, and when you grow up like that. It was, it was intense. Thanks so much to Jennifer for a great interview. And thanks to you for listening. Torre Show gives you fuel to power your dreams because you can use your dreams like a rocket ship to blast you into a life you never imagined. You can make your dreams a reality. And maybe this show can help. You can find me on Twitter at Torre and on Instagram at Torre Show and on TikTok at Torre Show. Torre Show is written by me, Torre, and produced by Jennifer Brown. Our editor is Ryan Woodhall. Our booker is Claudia Jean. And we're distributed by DCP Entertainment. And we will be back on Wednesday with more amazing guests because the man can't shut us down. We live in a world where you can get anything you need delivered to your door thanks to DoorDash. If you don't want to do the dishes or you feel a little sick, let DoorDash bring dinner tonight. My family uses DoorDash all the time because it connects us to our favorite restaurants without us having to drive. Last night, we got some Indian food for my wife, some gumbo for me, and sushi for the kids. And everyone was happy, and we didn't have to do the dishes. The process of ordering was quick and easy, and I love DoorDash for real. So I was so happy to do this for them because I'm a customer, because I know DoorDash is your door to more. Must be over 21 to order alcohol. Alcohol available only in select markets. DoorDash, your door to more. Download the DoorDash app now to get almost anything delivered.